Hi everybody, I'm Peter Travers. Welcome to Popcorn, where we tell you what's popping in the culture. And you people have to go on Amazon and watch a show called I Love Dick. I don't personally uh, feel this way, but the show and my guest today, Catherine Hahn, who I've got to say to you people before because I'm embarrassed to say it in front of her, even though she's just over there a little bit. <laughs> this woman is so great. She is funny. She's fierce. She's fabulous in everything that she does. So I'm a little intimidated oh. to talk to you. Oh, good. And so good. please, just so be kind. I'll try to. Anyway, Catherine, welcome. welcome I am so to happy show. to be here. <laughs> Hi. You, you just made me believe that you are happy to be here. I am. It's I'm so great. thrilled. This is it's crazy. Great. Yes, very exciting. So now yeah. you have this series. Yes. I, when I first heard about it, because I didn't read the book, which I found out, existed and mm -hmm. I could have been it. Yeah. I thought, well, is it uh, a kind of a manifesto against slut shaming or a ringing defense of Dick Nixon? And I thought, you know what? Catherine Hahn could play either one of those things. <laughs> but you, <laughs> you didn't. You did something else. Yeah, something so else tell completely. us what that something yeah, else is. Yeah, you know, what we dig about it too certainly is that the title, um, you, it certainly thinks you're going to go down one rabbit hole and then it is another <laughs> for sure. It is a little bit of a mislead. But, you know, the book is by this woman, Chris Krause, Jill Soloway, who created Transparent. I've worked with a bunch. I did mm -hmm. her first feature. And I play the rabbi on Transparent as well. And at a certain point, she, we were trying to think of, like, what next steps we could take together. And she had, a, she, there was a couple books she had been thinking about. And this title, of course, for, you know, very mature reasons, stuck out at me. <laughs> and then as I read it, I was just flabbergasted that I had never heard of it before, that I had never been exposed to her writing. It was such a bum, like a fearless, bombastic, loud, messy, maddening, um, contradictory, moving heroine. I just knew it was going to be a ton to chew on, for sure, which you don't get to do very often. And that it was about a woman that was on the other side of 40 with so much, just like struggling with feelings of desire and worth and, you know, all those things. It felt just like kind of fiercely feminist under which we loved underneath the title of you know, I love Dick, which one would not assume is immediately as being a feminist. <laughs> just, I'm just thinking that because you have kids who are what, like uh, seven and ten. Yeah. And so when you say they say, "Mommy, what are you doing?" and you say, "I'm doing I a love Dick," do I they love laugh Dick. at you? No, because in their mind, uh, still, thank God, Dick is uh, uh, short for Richard. <laughs> that won't last for much longer. Wow! Please, Peter. <laughs> I just need a few more years. Cheers. I don't know. Like, yes, mommy's in love, and I'm not. Mommy's not really in love with a guy named Dick. Short no, she's for Richard. Not. She's no. Not. But yeah, it's a really rad, rad piece. I think I'm really, really excited about it. And the book, it's because it's because of this obsession. It's kind of you know she becomes obsessed with this guy named Dick, played Kevin by Bacon, Kevin yes, Bacon, right. as our titular Dick, which is a phrase <laughs> that we like to say over and over again. I know because it's just even worse <laughs> it when just you say it better. <laughs> yeah. But um, he, and he is such a profound actor. So the you know in the book, what you kind of it's almost like the idea of Dick is like a placard for her to put all of her all of her feelings and her and her desire and of course in real life you have Dick Kevin Bacon who is so profound as a performer and so it kind of took on its own shape I think in the in the unraveling of it from the book form to this kind of medium and but he's this artistic director yeah, of this an artist kind of what is an artist colony it's like a, it's a kind of a yes it's like a right it's like a research center and a foundation like an art foundation that's um 
uh, has fellows and fellowships and there's grants offered so that work, you know, artists and thinkers can go down and kind of have sabbaticals, I guess. And it's in this place in Marfa, Texas, in kind of this island in the desert where Chris, myself, is struggling. The, the woman I play is like a struggling filmmaker and financially dependent on her husband, has been kind of described of as the wife of her whole life. She doesn't have children, like just floundering. It's like out of that, like through the tumbleweeds comes like, you know, the Marlboro Man <laughs> in the form of Kevin Bacon. And she thinks that that's immediately becomes like hook, line and sinker obsessed 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 and it's through that overwhelming emotion and overwhelming desire that she kind of actually finds her own starts to find her own voice as an artist and a, and a woman dick the famous yeah if you can speak to him it's like the greatest thing in the world yes it, it not only hates the film uh, that you've made, yeah. but hates the idea of women making movies at all. Yes. But why you don't actually murder him, I don't know why. Well, like a moth to a flame, I mean, like, you know, it's the most attractive is like when it's withheld, you know what I mean? I like guess he it just, is. it's he, he just, she just wants him to turn and look at her and just, he just, she wants his respect and his like, you know, you know, sexual, all of it. Like, it's all the same for her. Like, she just, because the more he repels her, the more attractive he is. I think that's so human. I think we do that all the time. I think, I think right. women would agree with me that it's, it's the challenges. It's the Anyone ones that are like, who really you're hates such me. a jerk. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Must the most be attractive. getting something right, and I'm so attractive. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's like desire and intimacy. It's just, like, hard to somehow reckon. It's, it's that challenge and mystery that is, I think, and again, tied in with her art. He's kind of inspires in her and lights something. Now she has a specific addressee. Like, I think that her work as a filmmaker had not been really good ever before because I think the ideas in her head and her resources didn't, you know what I mean? Like, she couldn't, like, she had these big ideas. And then when she saw it, it was just, like, half-baked and kind of bad, always. But then she was, like, real defensive and jealous and petty. She's great. She's a real fun, <laughs> maddening person. Do you have a dick in your life that is the same? Well... <laughs> I guess so. There's, there's Kevin this, and I, Kevin Bacon and I, like we, can, we just it's so delightful to hear people say that, that uh, I love Dick over and over again. Over again. Well, do I have a dick I'm in obsessed. my life? Yes. We all do. <laughs> yes. Of course. There's somebody that whose respect and attention you're just like that's always there. That always, it's an inspiration too. But it doesn't have to be a person and spiritually yes. attracted to for their contempt for you. Yes. That's what the sick part of it is. Yeah. And yet it's true. Yeah, and then it's just because, you know, it's, it's, I don't know, I certainly find, I think, a lot of people, for lack of a better word, artistic birds would, would feel the same way, that it's when you have a specific addressee, when you have somebody that you're making the thing for, it's an extra fire under it. Yeah. So when you, it's, it's just an, an extra fire. So I think for, sh for sure. Yeah, for sure. There's always has, you know, and I think in Chris's life too. In this, I think Griffin, who Dunn, who plays my husband Silver, who is like, mm -hmm. um, you know, an, an older man that they kind of. I think that he was probably the dick in her life for a, a long time before along came Kevin Bacon, and so yeah, I think women are constantly have that kind of weird kind of idea that they're performing for somebody, like yeah, you know, getting ready, all all of it. Is for some sort of like uh, eponymous dick figure <laughs> in, in their life. 
Just it's kind of great no, that his name happens to be there. Dick. You know, there's or no and way. We it just, can. And, and you do. And we and do. And you do in this. But you, Catherine Hahn, do never, if there's never anything that you're in where people don't say, you are fabulous. Oh, you are, no, gosh, come on. Peter, Where, who that is are those ridiculous. people? No, it, it's the truth, though. Oh. We see you, and you could be with uh, John C. Riley and Step Brothers, and I, oh. I just sat there going, Who is this woman? <laughs> and Where what is, is wrong with her? her? And, what is, <laughs> and you just say, oh. Yeah, and that's what's happened to you with oh. that. Where's the suffering? Where's the where's oh, the hell that you had Peter. to go to? There Where is, is it? There's been no hell. Deep reserves. Deep. Um, no, for sure, it's a it's a trip. Any kind of artistic life is a journey. For, I mean, you know, it's a trip. There's it's like this. You gotta like you know, of course, big major. Well, we think of you though in from the beginning of looking at you. We think because you make us laugh. Okay, <laughs> Step Brothers was that way. Bad Moms, which you did last time, yes. is hysterical. It's so fun. And really difficult to steal scenes from those women that you're in, but you do outrageously. I'm sure they didn't have a, a hitman come after you and say, <laughs> how, how is she doing this? How is she taking this movie from us? But you were great in it. And then when you play drama, when, you, when you're Rabbi Raquel, and transparent. Mm, I love the rabbi. She's so great. You, a nice Catholic girl. I know. Who would have thought it? I know. <laughs> Catholic girl from recovering Catholic from Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> a lot of us. All are. of us are. Yes, yeah. including me. Yes. Oh, okay. We've, we've done be that, great. but I didn't become a rabbi. I couldn't live that. <laughs> who? I'm going to ask this question. Who the hell are you? Where, yeah. Where was it? That you were created as you to do these things that you do. Come on. I mean, I grew up in, uh, you know, Cleveland. No. Yeah, I just but I mean, I know, and I said, I was created in a lab. And there was, and you know, there's a lot of different buttons you, you can press like on it, my You're back. the heart of rock and roll is in Cleveland, so that's true. The there MSG, is a lot Michael of rock Stanley and roll band. in you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, that was like you know, those were my, I mean, those were my idols. I mean, you know, complicated, you know, living, and it's a, I, I'm able to, I got into this mess in the first place to be able to do all of, all of these different things. Like I went to school for it. I was a theater bird like most of my life, and. You know, I you I, went to the Yale School of Drama. I did, I did, I did. That should make you so shishi fafa. I should and be so more shishi fafa. <laughs> Do you know who I am? Stop yelling at me, Peter. and I, I often discuss our days at Yale School. Yes, of drama. Yes. At Yale, I was <laughs> yes. so much student debt. Um, but yeah, that I mean, that was the greatest. And honestly, that was mostly because I, and I went a little bit later, it was mostly because I, I honestly didn't think it was even going to be like a career step. I never thought I would ever be the ingenue, you know, in my early twenties. <laughs> I was a first, should have known, I was always cast as like Grandma Jode. <laughs> but like, I think really? there was, yes, always, always like, yeah. always. I think there was a, um, you know, it was an awesome three years that I knew I would be, I would accrue so much debt, but I knew that it was going to be a, such a holy, just blessed three years in which I didn't have to worry about, you know, I was a, working at a hair salon, which I had been doing, I, you know, all this trying to do the backstage. It was a great three years just to rehearse at one in the morning and do Hamlet and Chekhov and all that. It was the best. So that's in there. Like, that's always been in there. And then I think... When I came out to L.A., it was after it. It was like 
I was seen as in one way, it's like a comedy way, because I was always the class clown, but I always felt like my work life and my like creative life mm -hmm. were two separate things, is, which is weird. You know what I mean? But I always felt like not completely fulfilled by a lot of the stuff that I was being asked to do. And then it wasn't until like the Adam McKay and then Jill Soloway world, they saw something in me that other people so had not. So they came and Adam said, you should be an anger man. And or I was like, you, you can do it this way? Like I didn't know, like you could be anarchic on camera. Like I had always kind of saved it for the theater. And so there was like that kind of allowance and Jill has the same, you know, it comes at it from a different way, which like an emotional way, but like this, but it's the same kind of anarchic kind of leap into the, you know, creative uncharted waters, which is like, the, as for me, the most, the most fun. Were you always confident? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. See, you seem like you would be. You'd come in and say, here's how it's going to happen. Oh, no. I thought when I first came out to, especially Los Angeles at the first, when I first came out there, I was with a show called Crossing Jordan. Oh, and yeah, I, it's not just the show. That was Crossing Jordan. Yeah, it was a big, I know, it was a big Sweet deal. Miguel Ferrer, who we just lost. Yes, it was my did. like family when mm. I first moved out there. And But there was that I definitely didn't feel. A grief feel. counselor. I was a grief counselor in the morgue. <laughs> right. So that was amazing because it was like me opposite another amazing guest actor every week who had to like really deeply emote. And I was like, oh, my God, I do not envy you at all. Like. That's a tough gig. And I would try to be like, empathy, empathy, empathy. Um, That's what, I'm not looking at you and I wouldn't immediately say, grief counselor, this is it. We found her. That's our grief counselor. <laughs> yes, we, and yet my tattoos, you did it. I had all these tattoos at first and then they were like, all of a sudden one day I was like, oh yeah, I got it. Like she just got them removed because everyone got like sick of putting them on. I was like, this is such like something's up. But anyway, yeah, so there was definitely a def, uh, um, uh, didn't f I, I definitely was not confident in that chunk of my life for sure. Didn't feel like I belonged out there. I felt like I was like, you know. But your husband was yeah. in that show. He was there at the last season. Yeah, yeah. he came on, which yeah. was so cute. Yeah, that was awesome. And he you came were on. pregnant so on sweet. that show. I was pregnant on that show. I know. I and know. you reject the guy who became your husband on the show. Yeah, I did. So that's to go interesting. With Bug. To go with Bug. Right, exactly. The amazing Robbie. God, uh, I don't remember any of this. That's no, amazing. See, I'm here for that. That is you know, really impressive. That's what, that's what it is. Because I'm trying to get you to this place yes, where you, you become need. you. Yes. <sighs> Peter, I think where so much say, of it Where you say, look, I know who I am now. I'm going to do this, and here's how I'm going to get Post having it. children, post. And I also really think it was like, Soloway land. I really do. I feel like it was like... When well, we, she's kind of great, isn't she? Oh, she knows When what. we did that, we did a little tiny movie together called Afternoon Delight, mm -hmm. and that was the first time anyone had asked me to be the lead in anything, and it was... I felt like I wasn't trying... You know, they, it wasn't like... I had been in so many things where you just... I just felt off my game because you'd walk into the dressing room and there'd be like chicken cutlets for the boobs and a spray gun and like, you know, hair stuff, and it was like trying to, you know, trying to make you into some polished package that just, I never felt myself. And it was her allowing just like me to show up <laughs> and kind of embrace like, you know, I, when I grew up, like my heroines were like Gina Rollins, Diane Weiss, Terry Garr, like messy, complicated, like perfectly beautiful, natural women that mm -hmm. were like, 
not camera ready. You know what I mean? Is what we would call it. And there was something about it, that, <laughs> but they were so themselves and raw that I was like, that's what I was like the most excited about film actress wise. And so, I don't know. I think that we just shared that same aesthetic, Jill and I, and that there was, that that was allowed to happen in this little three week shoot. We kind of walked out of it being like changed just changed because it was the first time that I felt like my work and creative life were like the same, like that it was, I, and that was, um, um, the bar was then forever raised for sure. When you get um, a hit, a yes. box office smasheroonie like Bad Moms, what changes? Because everybody related to that. Oh, I was so proud of it. You know, Scott Moore, one of the writers, is a dad at my kid's school. And um, yeah, our kids are in the same class, our boys, and I just think he's a tremendous and decent human being. I love mm -hmm. his wife, Madeline. I knew that the script was an ode to her, that he, that, an ode to both their wives, John and Scott's. And it was so funny. I mean, the script was so, oh, and I just knew it would be just a blast. And like I, I, you know, like we were talking about before, like I love a big swing Hollywood comedy as much as these times, as Rabbi Raquel. Like it's a different muscle, but it is similarly satisfying to me because you do feel like you're like, you know, I feel much more cautious in my real life than I do. This is the first time you've been on this show. I've tried so many times and people oh. said, no, Catherine, no, she's not going to talk to you. But the thing is, it's okay. Roundly accept, reject you. Accept, now that I know it's real popcorn. I accept your condemnation. It's okay. I wore you a know? popcorn dress You did, you wore you. a popcorn dress. But this show always ends in song. Oh my God, okay. It does. Oh, now Lord. you could do something from your definitive production of Annie. Mm -hmm. I also heard that you were one of the great Sally Bowleses of all time in Cabaret. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if oh, I would what? say that. That's... That was amazing. Okay, people sing. But what song is in your head that you can give us a little piece of? I'm gonna sing this. This mm -hmm. is this was an I, so growing up in Cleveland, there was a, a newspaper called the Sun Times, mm -hmm. and this is their this is their jingle. The sun will come out on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> it was a treat. Oh, to this have. was not This was time. so great. I we mean, you more. could throw popcorn at me like this. I'm it's okay. Let's mess it up. Should That's we it. just we'll do, it. do it? That wasn't enough. That was half the guys. <laughs> That's nothing. That was Next nothing. time she throws the whole yeah, thing on my head. <laughs> All right.